This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Brown on AMI. I'm Alex Smythe. Let's talk about your money. The registered disability savings plan is one of the best investment vehicles available for people with disabilities. Less than one third of eligible Canadians have an RDSP though. If you are eligible for the disability tax credit, then you are eligible for the RDSP. The federal government created the plan in 2008, and Ryan Chin has more details on the ins and outs of the program. He's going to help fill in the gaps for us. Ryan is a certified financial planner with Sun Life Financial. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm well, Alex. Uh, Thanks for having me here again. Always a pleasure. No, thank you for always coming back and and bringing so much knowledge and expertise in the world of finances. So there are some big benefits when it comes to the RDSP as an investment vehicle, especially when the grants and the bonds are included within that. What do you think, though, of the RDSP? Uh, Well, Alex, I mean, the, the, the Registered Disability Savings Plan, wonderful savings program, I must say. Uh, you know, it, it, there's no other savings account in Canada that uh, has such a, I'll say, robust grant and bond system. So uh, uh, in, in principle, wonderful program. If you have the opportunity to take advantage of it, I absolutely encourage all folks to to get on board. So what is the process of of opening one? If someone is interested who doesn't have one already, what is the process and the steps that they will have to take to open an RDSP account? Yeah, well, I mean, quite simply, uh, there are a few steps, of course. Uh, One, you must be eligible for the disability tax credit. Now, there's a slight application form uh, for the disability tax credit. Um, The good news is, is they've widened the the parameters on eligibility for the disability tax credit. And now folks with type 1 diabetes are eligible. Um, So it is important that even if you may have applied for the disability tax credit in the past, it is important to, you know, get right back on that horse, try it out again, submit that application and see uh, see if you're eligible. Now, one component of that is uh, there's a, a form that, that individuals must fill out and the other one, your doctor must fill out. The doctor fills out a form that confirms that it's severe and prolonged disability. And, um, you know, that that's sort of the 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 overarching criteria. Now, how does someone go about doing it? Well, connect with uh, financial institutions. Certainly uh, myself here at my office uh, here at Sun Life, we're happy to, to help facilitate that for you and and or any financial institution that, that you're familiar with. You go in, you sit down and chat with them and they can help administrate the process of opening a registered disability savings plan. And so let's dive a bit deeper into this plan. So what are some of the machinations around the grant and the bonds that are included as part of this plan? Yeah, that's a great question, Alex. And, and you know, I'll be honest, 
it's a little bit confusing. So I'll try to keep keep it fairly high level and and try to make it as easy as possible. I mean, the the underlying uh, idea of this grant bond program is that um, the government is offering up to approximately seventy thousand dollars of grant money and up to twenty thousand dollars of bond money. Now, for the grant money, this is a matching program where they're going to contribute, uh, you know, $3,500 for every $1,500 you contribute in any one given year. For the bond, there is no matching component required for this portion. However, you must be under a uh, annual um, uh, annual household uh, annual threshold for household, and it's roughly twenty nine thousand dollars. So if your if your if your household annual uh, income is under that twenty nine k, then the government will actually just contribute that bond up to one thousand dollars per year to ensure that uh, you can reach that uh, that that um, total twenty k uh, amount. Yeah, and that's it's that's I think one of the the real benefits about this program is, as you say, it's like there's the two separate streams. There's the 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 matching contribution of of the grant, and then there is just the the bond that can be offered without having to uh, invest any money in order to be eligible to, for that. As long as you meet that threshold, if you're underneath that that cap that the government has set, but let's say uh, so. Let's continue on. Like uh, talk about the the. Uh, like when and how these benefits will max out in in this plan? Yeah, so I mean, sort of once we get down into the nitty gritty, more of the fine print, as it were. I mean, uh, you you're, you're going to max out uh, your grant uh, once you either hit seventy thousand dollars or age the year in which you turn forty nine. Uh, similarly, for the bond, uh, you'll max out at the twenty thousand, or the year in which you turn forty-nine. Now, I say the year in which you turn forty-nine because you know it doesn't matter if your birthday's in January or December. It's it's that's the final year that the government will will continue to uh, contribute or match towards the registered disability savings plan. So uh, uh, if, if you're, you know, 40, 48 years old and you're thinking, hey, I don't have a registered disability savings plan uh, and I really want to get going on one of these, you know, you've got a very, very short window because the last year of contribution is the year in which you turn 49. Mm. And so that's all about putting the money in and, and how to get enrolled in the program. What about when it comes time to make withdrawals, what are the rules or in stipulations around actually withdrawing cash or um, funds from the RDSP? Yeah, so there, there, there are a few parameters around the disability income payment, or the, uh, or the they call it the DAP. Uh, um, what, what, um, what happens is. The money that's contributed personally, so the money that you put into the to the to the program uh, or to the account, is it, it can be pulled out tax free. That's your principal deposit. Any grant money 
and any bond any bond money and or any interest earned are all taxable components of the withdrawal so it's really important at the time of withdrawal that you work with your financial planner your your financial advisor to make sure that you're pulling you're withdrawing the money in the most tax efficient way so that it doesn't override your taxes and and kind of clip you at the end of the year with a, with a bigger tax return. Now there's one more piece uh, to this puzzle that's really important. Um, and that is that they will they will uh, uh, contribute to your to your account. but when you're starting to redeem the money, you you must wait a minimum of 10 years from the last grant, and or bond contribution before accessing the money. So typically, folks in which they turn 49, they stop contributing because they're not getting any more grant or bond money. And then typically at their age 60, that's when they would start to access these funds because uh, that will satisfy the 10-year window and allow there be no clawback of any of the grant bond money. Uh, I know that we're getting a little bit in the weeds and a little bit confusing, but uh, uh, it's really important to understand the program before uh, diving in too deep. Well, and, and it's a very key point because so for myself, like I do have an RDSB and the way I've always viewed it is it's sort of like my kind of retirement savings like uh kind of plan that's how i've always viewed it. it's going to be there for around the age of retirement as you say it's like age 60 that's when you can start withdrawing it without these potential clawbacks from the government is that how like folks should kind of view the rdsb that this is the long-term vehicle this is going to be serving you for when you get closer to the age of retirement yeah, absolutely. Alex, you hit the nail on the head. This is a retirement vehicle. The reason that the government is offering this program is to set folks up for the future. We know that uh, the Ontario Disability Supports Program and or your, your provincial supports program, wherever you are across the country, will only be so good uh at, at your age 60 and or your age 65 this is just an extra little uh um you know bump to give you a few extra dollars to help make life just that much easier as you move forward uh so i mean it it, it is a retirement vehicle i would not ever recommend to anyone that this is any short time money this is long term money and and you know uh if you don't need to pull it out at 60, you don't have to. It just happens to be, you know, your first eligible opportunity. If you can hold off to 65 or hold off to 70, that might be advantageous to your income stream as you move forward through retirement. So one th one of the things I found very surprising, Ryan, and uh, I gave the stat at the top of the segment is the fact that around like a third of eligible Canadians uh, who can uh, take advantage of this program are not using it or not involved with it, haven't contributed. Why do you think more eligible Canadians don't have an RDSP? Uh, I would say some of it is awareness. And then some of it is timing of the RDSP. Now, the RDSP uh, program launched, uh, you know, roughly 20, uh, 2008, um, you know, 
many people in that demographic, uh, uh, sorry, around 2008 might have already been over 45, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, coming in late, uh, the number I think may be a little bit skewed when you think about, there are a lot of folks who would love to start one of these, uh, but they're in their mid forties already, or, or they're over the age of 40, uh, or sorry, over the age of 50 and they're not eligible. So, I mean, um, there is that part uh, to that stat. Uh, and then the other portion of the stat is awareness. And I mean, I, I you know, uh, I commend uh, AMI for, you know, putting this out there because it's important that folks are aware that these types of programs uh, uh, are available to, to folks with disabilities and to, to bring that awareness and education out there. So, so more people can get, get involved, you know, meet with your financial advisor or plan financial planner and uh, have them help you ensure that you can capture some of this grant money for your retirement future. And before I let you go, Ryan, one last question. In terms of the awareness and, and getting better awareness, not just for the individual who would qualify, but also the financial institution, your financial planner, your financial advisor, what should kind of folks do if, if they're finding that uh, their, uh, the counsel they seek may not be as familiar with RDSP grants and, and the rules and stipulations around it? Because as you, you had talked about, there can be quite a few and it can get a bit complicated. So how can uh, folks who, who want to kind of work with their financial planner, how can they go about educating themselves and their financial advisor around this program? And that's a great question, Alex. And I think it takes us back to our topic from last week which is you got to interview your planner or your advisor. You've got to talk to them. You've got to find out what they know. Um, you know, it's not as simple when working with a financial planner, working with a financial advisor, um, that uh, you're going to click or they're going to know all the idiosyncrasies about you. What's important is that you take the time to meet with, with that individual and or a few others and say, you know, ask those questions, have those interviews, see what they know, uh, and are they going to suit you the best? I will say uh, certified financial planners, um, these are folks who have gone to extra school. Uh, it is a component. It is an actual element of the, the financial planning exam. Um, so I, I would say that any certified financial planner or any CFP uh, level advisor will absolutely be able to service your, your situation. Um, but uh, there are a few, uh, um, you know, folks um, just coming out of school may or may not be as familiar. Maybe the institution may or not may or may not be as familiar. But I do I do encourage you to to ask those questions uh, and make sure that that you're getting out of the 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 uh, uh, situation what you need to because you're going to be paying an administrative fee for those uh, for those funds that are invested. So it's uh, it's important that you're going to get uh, get what you deserve. Absolutely, Ryan. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, no problems. I uh, uh, love love the chat, and I do always appreciate getting the time to uh, to uh, dialogue. So thank you very much, and season's greetings. Yeah, you as well. We'll chat in 2024. That was Ryan Bradley Chin, who is a certified financial planner at Sun Life Financial. Coming up in one minute's time, Elizabeth Moeller has the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian Press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minute. 
Canada's main stock index moved lower yesterday, weighed down by losses in energy and utilities, while U.S. markets rose after America's latest inflation report ahead of today's interest rate announcement. Toronto's TSX index lost 84 points yesterday to close at 20,233. New York's Dow Jones average gained 173 points and the Nasdaq added 100. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index gained 82 points and our dollar is trading overseas this morning unchanged at 73.53 cents U.S. The co-founder of one of Canada's biggest companies in the space of artificial intelligence says for him, it's all about the simple uses of AI. Nick Frost of Toronto-based AI company Cohere says he gets most excited about AI use cases that other people would see as mundane. One example he cites is using AI to extract information from resumes, cutting out the tedium of filling out job application questionnaires. From the Canadian Press Business desk. I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. It's now time for the weather report with Elizabeth Muller. Elizabeth, uh, I've been covering and following the weather patterns in the maritime region. That storm that's uh, still lingering has got your attention as well. Yes, yeah, just picking up on, um, you know, your report from, from yesterday, a very disruptive storm, as, as we know, is going to turn its attention to Newfoundland after battering those maritimes with some heavy rain and powerful winds, which, as we know, have caused numerous disruptions and widespread power outages throughout. Um, that powerful storm that came close to meeting the definition of a weather bomb certainly made its intensity felt and known across the Maritimes on Monday and yesterday as well. Power outages actually, Alex, climbed into the tens of thousands across Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI. Temperatures are going to drastically drop to below freezing in New Brunswick and into the low single digits in Nova Scotia today. And rain and winds will continue overnight into this morning for Cape Breton and for Newfoundland, but at much less intensities. So residents, especially in Newfoundland, were, were warning people where the strongest winds are to um, really be careful about... <clears throat> Outdoor holiday decorations, like those inflatable Santas, are well secured because those can cause accidents and injuries if those are blowing around. So do keep your Santas uh, inflated, but perhaps tied down or bring those guys in just for the time being so we don't have a flying Santa. Uh, over back to you, Alex. Okay, yeah, you don't want Santa or Rudolph uh, taking no. a flight too soon. We don't to want, not yet, not yet. We don't want them taking flight yet. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Elizabeth. We'll check in later on in the show with you. But coming up after the break, a new and witty version of Cinderella is coming to the Neptune Theater in Halifax. Halifax community reporter Milena Kazanavichus gives you all the details. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.